Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast series. Today we're talking about long COVID, what we've learned, and how it's still impacting patients. Here to discuss the latest research is Dr. Akiko Iwasaki, the Sterling Professor of Immunobiology at Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Iwasaki, it's a pleasure to have you back. Thank you for having me back on your program, Todd. Uh, it seems like a long time ago, but it was about just about a year ago that we talked, and a lot has changed since then. For one, the end of the public health emergency was just uh, just happened, and also that's just the general emergence from crisis mode. But unfortunately, that's not true for everyone. Dr. Uh, Iwasaki, let's just talk a little bit for now about how many people out there are still suffering from long COVID. So long COVID is estimated to affect 65 million people worldwide. Uh, this number is likely an underestimate since there is no active surveillance to count the number with long COVID. We don't have a true grasp of how many people are suffering, but it's likely in the tens of millions. Um, even though the emergency measures have been ended in many countries, long COVID is not going away. Now, we've had a lot of new variants that have emerged, and we've seen the virus itself evolve. In some cases, we've seen different symptoms associated with new variants. Is that the same in terms of long COVID, or are there the, still the kind of the, the symptoms we think about, fatigue and brain fog and things of that nature? Uh, it is true that the variants of concerns have distinct characteristics of immune escape, um, cellular tropism, spread, as well as clinical outcomes. Um, so it, it, it may be that people are suffering from distinct symptoms after uh, acquiring different variants of concern. However, uh, very common symptoms like fatigue and neurocognitive issues still remain to be the dominant uh, symptoms reported for different variants of concern. Have you found that uh, treatments like Paxlovid uh, have either helped to prevent or relieve symptoms of long COVID? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, there's a nice study by the Veterans Affairs that showed that uh, based on medical health records that people who were given Paxlovid within the first five days of symptom onset um, during the acute phase of the COVID did reduce the risk for developing long COVID about 26% over a six months period. Um, whether Paxlovid can treat an existing long COVID is currently unclear. We've actually started a clinical trial uh, with Paxlovid to see if that can relieve symptoms in an already existing long COVID uh, patients. Now, in terms of understanding the causes of long COVID, there have been multiple theories that have been circulating. Um, last time we talked uh, to you, you believe that long COVID had uh, or was composed of perhaps multiple diseases. Um, has your thinking changed on that, or have we learned anything new about the underlying causes? Um, so we have learned quite a bit since we talked last time. I still think that long COVID is a blanket term that describes multiple diseases. Um, you know, in terms of what diseases uh, are there within the long COVID, and what are the driving factors for long COVID is still unclear. We are still uh, investigating four possible root causes of long COVID, 
including persistent virus infection, um, as well as uh, autoimmunity and a reactivation of latent viruses like the Epstein-Barr virus, um, as well as uh, chronic changes that happen in tissues uh, due to inflammation. Um, and so all of these uh, theories still exist, and there are some evidences that we and others are uh, getting that suggest that the uh, persistent virus and the reactivation of um, herpes virus families, such as Epstein-Barr virus, may be uh, happening uh, more commonly in people with long COVID than those who uh, recover from COVID. Now, in terms of long COVID, we talked about kind of the two of the top symptoms, but there are actually more than 200 possible symptoms. And I'm sure that it's quite a challenge for physicians to diagnose and treat those, especially kind of as we move out of this acute phase, they may not be looking for something uh, in, in that realm. How, how should physicians stay informed um, about something that still, we don't know uh, all that much about it and the, and the news of course is, continues to evolve? Indeed, uh, long COVID has over 200 symptoms reported to be associated. Um, however, as we discussed, there are common symptoms that are reported such as uh, extreme fatigue, uh, post-exertional malaise, cognitive dysfunction, tachycardia, loss of smell and taste. Um, these are some of the common features associated with long COVID. So physicians could be uh, looking at uh, these features as a potential sign of long COVID. It is also now understood that new onset conditions can happen as a result of uh, COVID infection, uh, such as uh, myalgic encephalomyelitis, dysautonomia, uh, small fiber neuropathy, diabetes, heart conditions, stroke, and many others. So these are also potential uh, sort of sequela of uh, acute COVID uh, infection. Now, in terms of guidance uh, for physicians on the diagnosis and treatment front, and I'm, I'm sure many people might show up with one of those 200 symptoms, maybe not even be aware that they had COVID at this point. What advice do you have? Um, there really isn't a one-size-fits-all uh, answer to this question. Uh, but uh, in terms of how best to approach this, I think uh, physicians need to familiarize themselves with uh, some of the common symptoms, as well as potentially uh, rare, but certainly reported symptoms like you know hair loss and reproductive uh, issues. Um, the, first, the first thing the doctor can do is to familiarize and perhaps uh, you know, remember some of these uh, common ones that are, we've already discussed. Um, as well as uh, they can ask the patients questions about symptoms and their medical history. Um, if the patient is experiencing these issues within the first three months of getting COVID, uh, that lasts for over two months, that would fit the WHO definition of long COVID. Um, so that's one big clue uh, about when this happens and how long the, the symptoms persist. Um, and the doctors can also perform physical exams to rule out other possible causes. Um, of course, you know, fatigue and cognitive issues are not unique to long COVID, but if you assemble all this information together, it's, it's a bit easier to diagnose long COVID. Um, and running some tests may um, involve uh, blood tests or imaging um, tests that can also help the physician determine if the patients um, may have any damages to different organs and tissues. 
And so based on these results, the, the doctor can refer patients to specialists and um, whether it be pulmonologist, uh, cardiologist, neurologist, um, these specialists can then alleviate some of the symptoms uh, that they, they might be feeling. Of course, there is no proven uh, therapeutics that are effective uh, currently, but symptomatically they can be treated. And uh, lastly, I would say that there are uh, multidisciplinary and multi-specialty centers that are dedicated to treating long COVID patients. Um, at Yale, we started one in March. And these centers are great for uh, patients to visit because the physicians are well aware of the different symptoms that are associated as well as a uh, one center that can refer the patients to the appropriate specialists. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Now, in terms of research, I know you're involved in a study that is looking at distinguishing features of long COVID that you've identified through immune profiling. Can you share something about what you've learned so far? Um, I'd love to. Uh, so we are learning a lot. Um, this is the first study we're doing is with Dr. David Petrino at Mount Sinai School of Medicine, where he treats thousands of long COVID patients. Um, so his team recruited patients who have had long COVID for over a year. And we, we are comparing immune responses in people with long COVID and those who recovered from long COVID uh, who were also infected around the same time. And we're finding four salient features uh, from these studies. The first is that people with long COVID had reduced circulating levels of cortisol. Um, second is that we detected recent reactivation of Epstein-Barr virus in people who have long COVID uh, compared to those who recover. Uh, EBV may or may not be directly responsible for the symptoms, but this is a feature we're detecting. Uh, third, we found that the immune cells are um, differentially activated. We see more activated B cells and T cells, um, and T cells in particular that secrete type 2 cytokines that are elevated um, in the people with long COVID. And finally, we find that antibody levels to the SARS-CoV-2 viral antigens are elevated in people with long COVID. This may indicate a persistent antigen uh, for which these people are developing more and more antibodies against. Uh, so we're currently doing many follow-up studies to investigate each of these findings. Now, I know you're also involved in something called the Yale Listen study. Tell us more about that and what you're hoping to discover. Thank you. Um, so the Yale Listen study is done in collaboration with Dr. Harlan Krumholtz, who is a renowned cardiologist at Yale University School of Medicine. Um, LISTEN stands for Listen to Immune Symptom and Treatment uh, Experiences Now. Um, as the name suggests, we are listening to the patients and learning from them, and at the same time trying to investigate the underlying causes of long COVID. Um, we're also including post-vaccine adverse events in order to learn uh, what the underlying causes there are also. 
Uh, first, we're collecting information about their symptoms and medical records uh, history from participants. And then we are also inviting some of these participants to provide blood and saliva for immune phenotyping, uh, just as what we're doing with the Mount Sinai cohort. Uh, we are applying this deep immune phenotyping to uh, both groups of patients in order to better understand the underlying disease pathogenesis. Uh, so far, we are finding some similarities between long COVID and post-vaccine adverse events, um, but we've just begun analysis, so this is something to uh, look forward to in the future. Any other promising clinical trials that, trials that are on your radar that physicians and patients should know about? Yeah, <clears throat> so uh, as I mentioned already, the uh, Yale Listen study is also carrying out the uh, Paxlovid trial. This Paxlovid is an antiviral agent uh, that can um, hopefully remove the persistent virus reservoir if there is such a reservoir in people with long COVID. Um, so uh, we are doing this a phase two trial, which uh, is decentralized, and it's a one-to-one -one randomized uh, double-blind placebo-controlled trial. So 50 people are going to be recruited into the uh, placebo arm and the 50 to be in the Paxlovid arm. Uh, we're looking at efficacy, safety, and uh, tolerability in a 15-day course of Paxlovid uh, compared to the placebo drug. Um, so we are not expecting everyone to respond to Paxlovid, but we're hoping to learn uh, who responds positively to Paxlovid and what are their biomarkers before the treatment. Um, so that we can potentially enroll people with such biomarkers for uh, Paxlovid treatment uh, who might benefit more than, uh, say, those without the biomarkers. And it's going to help us also understand the underlying mechanisms uh, from people who benefit versus people who don't benefit from Paxlovid and see what are the features that are associated with uh, these two groups. Last question for you. Uh a year ago when we talked about long COVID, you mentioned that it might be a quote, pandemic after the pandemic. I know as much as we're hoping all collectively to move on from this, it sounds like that may be the reality. Are we equipped to deal with this situation? Um, yeah, Todd, unfortunately, that prediction um, did come true, that the, the long, long COVID is pandemic after the pandemic. I mean, the pandemic is still not over. Um, we still have COVID circulating around, and there are people still getting long COVID from infection and potentially reinfection. Uh, we are nowhere near equipped to deal with this. Uh, we urgently need several things. First, we need accurate diagnosis and treatment. This is very uh, an urgent situation. Doctors and researchers are still learning about the disease. Um, there's need for more research and development of treatments. Second, uh, long COVID patients need financial assistance. Uh, because long COVID can be a very expensive condition and debilitating, many people are struggling to pay for medical care and lost wages and other expenses. Uh, there needs to be more financial assistance to support these people with long COVID. Um, we also need social support. People with long COVID often feel isolated and are suffering alone. There's a need for more uh, su support programs, uh, social support programs and resources for people with long COVID. And finally, I would say that we also need more public awareness. Uh, many people are still not aware of long COVID. 
and there is a need for uh, education of physicians as well as patients uh, so that they can get the best uh, treatment and best therapy possible and to support them uh, through this process. Dr. Iwasaki, thank you so much for being here and all your continuing work uh, to help us better understand long COVID. That's it for today's episode. We'll be back soon with another AMA update. You can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us today. Please take care. Thank you.